Today is C3 Impact Sunday, if you didn't know. So welcome to C3 Impact Sunday. Um, before I get into a little bit of what I want to share um, and encourage you with this morning, I'm going to invite Dylan, where is Dylan Benetti, to come and join me. And we want to, hey, hey Dylan, we want to honour some people this morning who are involved in C3 Impact. Dylan. Amazing. Over to you. This guy is a real hidden figure, but he's very loud um, and has the biggest smile. And if you see him, you will be said hello too. Uh, regardless of if you were planning on it or not. He's a very generous guy. He's got two boys that he always tries his best with. He's an indispensable help to me and Becky. Just takes responsibility when you're not expecting it. So we'd like to welcome Alfie Johnson. Yeah. And have we got Alfie's boys? Come on, Jacob. Come on, Connor. Come on, Jacob. Okay. Oh. Okay. Come on, Alfie. Sorry, Alfie. Come on, Alfie. Come join us. All right. So, Alfie, we uh, we just wanted to honour you by sending you and your boys to Legoland. Um, <laughs> church, I. I really believe the best for Alfie is ahead. So if you're ready, let's stretch out our hand and pray for him. Yeah, Father, we just thank you for Alfie's generous heart, Lord. We just thank you that he always uh, just goes and takes responsibility, God, for things that we don't see, Father. We thank you that he carries your joy, God, into every situation, God. And we thank you, God, that I've never heard a complaint or a frustration, God, that isn't justified, God. So we just thank you for him, God. We pray for him and his boys, Lord, that they would just grow closer, God, and, and that they would just grow, God, and, and just be a blessing to him, Father. So we thank you for Alfie, Lord. Amen. Great. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming and joining us. You know, Alfie, um, before I even get the question out of whether he can do something, he's already said yes. Alfie's already agreed to whatever it is I'm about to ask him. Um, all the chairs, Alfie puts them out on a regular basis, so you have him to thank that you have a seat to sit on on a Sunday. And we really are grateful for everything Alfie does behind the scenes. So I'm going to take a few moments this morning just to let you know about all the different things that we get involved in at C3 Impact. Back in March, we changed the name from Look Cambridge to C3 Impact for a few reasons. Reasons being, we're going to Bury St Edmunds. We can't be looking at Cambridge in Bury St Edmunds. So we needed to change to make sure that we were looking uh, and incorporating what it is that we're changing, the shifts we're doing here as a church. But also we wanted to change and really build a structure to allow for impact in our city and to allow for places to go, new places to go and new things to happen. Um, so I'm going to catch you up on speed, um, let you know what it is that we get up to each week and then we're going to watch a video and hear some of the stories of people who are involved. So if you're joining us on Church Online, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we welcome you and if you're here for the first time, welcome to you guys as well. It's great to have you and it's great to be here chatting with you today. So C3 Impact. We have four different streams at C3 Impact and our streams are C3 Learn, C3 
social C3 transform and C3 projects. We really want to journey with people to a place of health and well-being. We want to journey with people to a place of wholeness, not just give someone food if they're in need, not just give someone a, a smile and some clothes, but also journey with them to a place of health and wholeness, to a place where people can be completely whole. And that is why we've got those four streams. So you might be able to come to um, a C3 Learn Project and go to Job Club or go to Balance and Strength or go to um, the Read Easy program, or you might go to something um, social, so one of our lunches or toddler drop-in, somewhere where we're focused on relational strength. Or maybe it's C3 Transform and we look at Cap Debt and Shine and Hope Into Action, all the partnerships we have that are transforming people's lives. And we really want to make sure that people have access to every single one of those things because we as people are body, we're soul and we're spirit. And we need to make sure that as people, that we are whole in our body, in our soul, and in our spirit. We also have C3 projects. And you must have heard, and if you haven't, then come and find me after to find out what this is all about. But you must have heard about our Share the Wonder campaign. That is a C3 project getting the name of Jesus out there, getting the name of Jesus into our communities, sharing the wonder and providing hampers and things for people who need it most, especially at Christmas. And just to give you a quick update of where we're at with the Share the Wonder, we're aiming for 300. Right now, we are at 135 hampers, which is phenomenal, absolutely amazing. We are aiming for 300, and if you gift aid that, we are well over the 150 hampers. Um, so we are halfway there with a few weeks to go. And the stall is up, the stall is ready. So if you do want to go and do that, um, you can do that today as well. So Share the Wonder, it's one of our C3 projects, as well as the school uniform that we did back in the summer, um, and as well as the C3 projects that you guys may not know, but will be getting involved in throughout the rest of the year. You may have previously known that we've had community action days. Um, we're moving that into small groups, into your C3 groups. So if there's a need in your community, if there's an isolated person in the community, if there's somebody who needs their garden doing or their house decorating, you guys are, are able to go and do that as a C3 group. Gather around your friends, gather around the people, and let's go for the people where we know, the people we have relationships with, and making a difference where we are. So C3 projects is the other thing that we do. Now, as I said, we really want to journey with people and hear people's stories. And we have three core values um, in C3 Impact. I'm going to read them so I don't get them wrong. Um, but we, have, we really want to replicate Jesus, right, in everything we do. So although we might be feeding people, although we might be clothing people, although we might be painting a wall, I believe that that is a replica replication of Jesus' heart. And we want to do that by these three things. Loving unconditionally, loving consistently, and loving inclusively. Loving unconditionally, loving consistently, and loving inclusively. And we can do that all day, every day, wherever we are. So C3 Impact isn't just about the projects we do here. It's about the impact we make every day, in our everyday lives, out and about, in the community, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our schools, and in our cities and villages. We are C3 Impact. 
C3 Impact isn't also just about people that we might feel are more disadvantaged or in need or people who maybe we would typically say they need something. C3 Impact, honestly, is about all of us. Because every single one of us has a need with our body, with our soul, and with our spirit. We're all humans, and we all go on a journey, and we all have a story. So C3 Impact isn't for us to look through a disadvantaged filter and look at people where they need, what can we do to help? C3 Impact is about what can we do to journey with humanity? Because I'm a human, you're a human, let's journey together. I told you that we're going to look at some stories, and I want to do that now and show you some of the stories of the people that have been impacted through C3 Impact. And then I really would like to explore, and this could go terribly wrong, or it could go fantastically, and I'm believing for that one. I'm going to explore a story in the Bible and look at how we can really be C3 Impact, taking the love of Jesus out into our communities every single day. Let's watch the video of the stories. Hi Church, I'm Dylan. Let's take a look at some of the stories of those who have been involved with C3 Impact over the last year. I'm Alfie, I'm a single parent, I've got two boys. How old are your boys? They're one's nine and one six. And what are their names? Connor and Jacob. And could you tell me how you first came to be involved here at C3? Well, I actually came on the first day, uh, the actual first services came started. And how did you find out about it? Through, my, through friends and family. I do reception. Um, I'm also on the tea and coffee rotor. Um, I've done Shine, Alpha, Discovery, Deeper, so I, I'm on the rigging team occasionally. So I really, it's my home and I just love it. You know, I came debt free like in 2015 and that was really celebrated. It was really good. Really supportive. Brilliant. Well done. Thank you. And over the past few years, since you've been a part of C3 and you've been um, stuck in here, how has your relationship with God changed? Well, yeah, it's, you know, when I first became, like, became a Christian, it, it was what, quite a challenge because, like, from what I used to do, like, in the old life, like, in the spiritual world, I was trying to figure out what's from God and what's not from God, and then I really found out and that when God spoke to me, and, and I really knew who he was in my walk with God. God is my father. Uh, Jesus Christ is my saviour. Um, and without God now, I, I would be lost. And if you could say anything to the C3 family mm. and to all the congregation, what would you say? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank everybody here for the warm reception both myself and Mark uh, received. Um, and uh, we are deeply, deeply grateful that C3 exists. I'd say go to the job club or come to lunch and have a good laugh with us. When you walk in this building, you really fall loved. 
Like, I remember the first time I stepped in this building, I never met anybody who had the same heart as I did and thought like I did. And when I stepped here, they did. And it was just incredible, so thank you. We were always looking for more people to get involved. So come find us on the Friday and let's have a chat. How cool is it to see lives that have been impacted by, um, by C3 and by Jesus, ultimately? Um, on your way out, you are all going to receive one of these beautiful flyers. This has been a labor of love, and this has everything in it that we do here at C3. And this is honestly a gift to you, because we want to encourage more people from our community to get involved and to be a part of what it is that we're doing here. Be a part of the community. Be a part of the story. And this has everything you need to know um, of how you can invite people to get along. Maybe you meet someone in town or in your village who think, oh, they could really benefit from coming to the community lunch, or they could benefit from going to the free learn English or balance and strength job class all the different things that we do the information is all in here so take one of these and use it look at it read it take it home it opens up don't think this is it it opens up to an a3 sheet because there is so much that we do to try and get onto this piece of paper um, so you will receive one of these and make sure you do take it um, and look at it later on now I'm going to move slightly into um, a message that I really feel that God has placed on my heart to communicate with, um, with you guys and those watching online today. I really feel that this is something that um, I've been challenged on, that he has challenged me on my everyday, where am I looking, who am I looking at, and whose story am I being a part of. I love stories, and if you ask any of my friends, they'll tell you that if I tell a story, I tell it with a lot of detail. A lot of detail. You will get the colour of the shoes they were wearing, you'll get the sky, you'll get the trees, you'll get the colour of the car, you'll get all of the detail in a story and it will probably take about five minutes for me to get there. So don't ask me to tell you a story but I do want to tell a story of someone in the Bible these group of friends, uh, to be honest, I wish, or no, I do have friends like these guys. But if I could be a friend like these guys, then I would think I had made it. That I had made friendship goals, I was there, I was winning at friendship life. Because I think these guys pretty much had it sorted. I'm going to read you the scripture. Um, you can follow along on version on the app. And also just to say, if you don't have the app and you don't know how to get the app, come and chat to one of us. We'll happily show you how to download it and show you where to find those notes for a Sunday. But on the version app, um, and it should come up on our screens, Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, 
they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowering the mat to the man. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your, sons are, your sins are forgiven. Now, it probably took me about 30 seconds to read that scripture, but I have a feeling that it wasn't quite as quick and easy as that. In fact, I, I assume they're in the Middle East, right? It says when Jesus returned home. I presume that they're in a hot part of the world, a hot part of the country. So it was probably very hot, humid, dusty. They probably didn't have nice walking boots. They were probably on sandals. And there were lots of crowds and people around. So I don't think it was quite as easy as pick up their friend, walk along the road, put him through a roof, and there he was healed. In fact, I've written my own little interpretation of how I think this story might have gone. So imagine this. It's hot. It's humid, it's dusty, you're gasping for some drink and you're hanging around with your friends and you're sat there chatting away, four friends, a guy on a stretcher on his bed and they're just chatting away. And one of them pipes up, hey, that guy Jesus is in town, why don't we take our friend to go and see him, maybe he'll get healed. And I just imagine this other guy, I don't know about you, piping up going, what? You want us to carry him. He's a fully grown man. You want us to carry him to Jesus, who is all the way across the other side of town. And this, I just imagine these friends going, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So they gather around, they pick up their friend on their mat, and they start to walk. They start to walk in the heat in the blistering sun, in the dusty places, through the crowds, they're walking, trying to balance their friend, make sure he doesn't fall off the stretcher, making sure he doesn't fall off the bed. They probably bump into a few things. They probably climb over some people, push their way through. And here they come, through the crowds, trying to get to the place. It's hot. They need a drink. They're not struggling that much, but I'm pretty sure they would be in the Middle East. And they get there. They get to the house and they're bursting for a drink. They're absolutely gasping. The sunburn is all on the tops of their heads. And they're really wondering, how do we now get him to Jesus? How do we get him to Jesus? Because the crowd is all outside. They're exhausted. They've walked through crowds and crowds of people. And then I'm pretty sure it's probably the same guy who had the bright idea in the first place said, why don't we climb on the roof? And the other guy goes, the roof. Yeah, the roof. And they go, all right, let's get him up onto the roof. Now, the roofs probably weren't like our roofs today, but they did have to try and get on top of a roof. And here they are, again, finding it very easy to get on top of a roof. And then what they have to do is use their bare hands to start digging. They have to start digging a hole. And I'm pretty sure going around in their heads was going, what if this doesn't work? How am I going to afford to pay for a roof to be fixed? What goes wrong here? We could be the village idiots here. What if this doesn't work? 
and they're digging away and they're moving tiles with their hands and they're scraping and they finally make a hole big enough to lower a grown man down the hole of the roof to put him in front of Jesus. And when they do, when they get there and they put him in front of Jesus, this is what Jesus says. Or this is what the Bible says Jesus says. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Two things to point out there. When he saw their faith, not just the one man, the guy on the stretcher, when he saw the faith of the friends, when he saw the faith of the group, he was healed and he was forgiven. Two things to know. Your sins are forgiven. Not just you are healed, but I have a feeling that it had something more to do with body, soul, and spirit. There was a connection between the three. It wasn't just a one thing that you are healed, but your body, your soul, and your spirit, there's a connection pulled into unity. Are you doing all right? We're all right. Are you still going strong? Good. Leave them there. Now their faith, the faith of the friends, is the faith that made the, uh, the friend be healed. The faith was the one who got them in front of Jesus. And my question is to us, does my faith allow people to get in front of Jesus? Does my faith allow people to get in front of Jesus? The four friends... I probably took turns in swapping hands. They probably took some breaks. I feel like at one point, one of them was like, this is a silly idea. Let's just go home. Let's just go home. And one of the other guys pipes up, no, come on. We're one step closer. We're one step closer. Let's keep going. Let's keep walking. And maybe in our everyday lives, what happens to us is we have a friend who's lying on a stretcher and maybe someone is taking them for coffee and maybe someone's the lift and maybe someone's Someone's the person at the end of the phone and maybe someone's the one buying them coffee and we say, come on, one step closer. Come on, one step closer. And maybe it's a conversation that needs to happen. We say, come on, one step closer. And maybe it is the person who goes around and paints their room and paints the house and we say, come on, you're one step closer. You're one step closer. It's the person in the shopping till where we have a smile and we always go to them and we always have a conversation and they're one step closer and it's a free coffee token in Coldham's coffee that someone on Sunday's bought so someone else can have it in the week. You're one step closer. And all of these things add up so they're one step closer to Jesus. And that's what you guys can put him down and thank you so much. You can head off stage. You're, you're healed. You're well. You can walk. What a miracle. What a miracle. That's cool. Thank you. One step, you're forgiven, exactly. One step closer. And that's what this message is called. One step closer. Because I do think that in our everyday lives, sometimes we overcomplicate things. Sometimes we overassume we have to do everything for the person. We have to be everything for the person. But ultimately, it's about journeying with the individual to get them one step closer to Jesus, one step closer to him. And once they got him in the feet of Jesus, it was Jesus who did the rest. 
All they had to do was get their faith to move them close enough to Jesus, close enough to the presence of God, that Jesus then took over and did his thing. How do we do that? I want to tell a story of when I was in, when I lived in Bradford. I lived very close to the centre of the city um, in Bradford in an apartment. And one Sunday we had morning services and we had an evening service and it was in between the morning and the evening I decided that I would go into the city centre just for a walk around and I prayed, God, use me, what would you have me do? There was an intention in my walk, there was an intention in where I was going. And I walked into the city, um, and I kid you not, about three minutes into my walk, there's, um, you have to walk through this urban park. Now, an urban park in Bradford is, is a little bit of grass that's kind of balding and a pathway through the middle. So I was walking through this urban path, and I saw a lady stood, sat on her suitcase. And I felt God say, go talk to her. Now, I did the usual thing that I do when I feel the prompting of God. I walked on by and I felt God go, go talk to her. So I walked past three times around this lady um, who was sat on her suitcase and eventually I got up the courage and I walked up to her and I said, hi, how are you doing? Why are you sat on your suitcase? And she continued then to tell me about her story and why she was sat in the centre of Bradford on her suitcase. Actually, what happened is she had just escaped from people who had brought her into the country and had stolen her passport. And she was in a place of not knowing where she was going to sleep, what she was going to do, or how she was going to deal with this situation. And I was 21 years old, and I just went, oh, (laughs) wasn't expecting that. So I did what I only knew to do. I said, hey, do you want to come to church with me tonight? And I took her to church and we sat in the service and then I introduced her to some people who would be able to help her better than I could. And we went and got fish and chips from the chippy and we sat in church and allowed her to have a conversation and work through that situation with her. Now, I have no idea where she is today. I have no idea what happened after the result of that conversation. I have no idea how it came to be. But I know that after that conversation, I had a desire to have more conversations, to walk out the door with more intention and to increase my courage to be able to approach more people and take them one step closer to Jesus. Now, it took obedience. And I think the... The biggest time where I've um, felt like God talking to me about this was another time when I was driving through the centre, uh, through Bradford, on my way home from church um, on an evening. I'd just been at youth and it finishes late, so I was driving home about 11 o'clock. Now, if you know Bradford at all, um, it's not the safest of places. And I was driving down this road and there was a mum and her son walking along the road about 11 p.m. And and you just shouldn't do that. It's just not a wise or safe thing to do in that, in that place at this time. And I was driving past and I had a, a Ford KA that had more holes on the exterior than it should have done. Um, and sometimes I was worried that the, the petrol tank would fall out. And my friend actually one time poked my car and her hand went through it. So, so it wasn't the most reliable of cars, but it, it was a car. 
Um, and I was driving down the road and I saw this couple, this, this mum and, and child, and I felt God say, go offer them a lift. So I did my thing, I drove on, and I got down the hill, and, and I felt God say, no, go and t- offer them a lift. So I turned around and I drove past them. You know the deal, three times. Drove past them and then pulled up alongside them and because it's a 4KA, there was no electrics, whined down my window and shouted through, hey, at which point the mum and daughter moved very rapidly away from my car. So they were walking fast and I caught them up in my car and said, hey, I've just come from church. Make sure they know I'm a nice person. Do you want to ride home? It's not very safe. And they said, no, no, thank you so much for your offer, but we're good. And I drove off down the hill frustrated and I said, God, what was that? You told me to go and offer them a lift. You told me. And this is what he said to me. Becky, I don't need your rusty KA. I just need your obedience. Because with my obedience, he has my rusty KA or my Mercedes or my money or my phone or whatever it is that he needs to allow people to get one step closer to him and one step closer to Jesus. Obedience. And those three things, intention, courage, desire, will allow us to get people one step closer to Jesus. It would be great if we could walk out of here today with, a, with an encouragement to say and a desire to go and do that. But actually, I think sometimes the intention's got to come first and the desire is what follows. The intention is what comes first and the desire is what comes afterwards. And in your version notes and in your questions, there's some scriptures that will encourage you to explore that through the week and explore how do we increase our intention. How do we increase our courage? How do we increase our desire? Who are we bringing one step closer to Jesus? And how are we doing that? There's a brilliant scripture in Romans, in the, in the message version, that says, be inventive in hospitality. Be inventive in hospitality. How cool would it be if we could be inventive in the ways that we love people? Be inventive in the ways that we showed people how to do things. One time, me and my small group in, um, in Bradford, again, all my stories are from Bradford today, and we wrote letters of encouragement and said, hey, you're awesome. We think you're brilliant. God loves you. God sees you. Have a blessed year. And then we got our iPhone out and we dropped a pin and we sent it to a random person. One of those random letters ended up in one of the girls' estranged father's houses who then reached out, connected with his daughter because he got this random note from this church in his letterbox. God knows what he's doing when he gives us inventive ideas to be hospitable. God knows the dots. What if we could be regular in taking out our bin to people and the neighbours? What if we could take someone for coffee? What if we could turn up at our neighbours with a meal and say, hey, I just wanted to bless you. Did you know that 78% of the UK don't know the name of their neighbour? 78%. Do you know the name of your neighbour? Just go along and knock on and say, hey, I'm Becky, what's your name? So good to meet you. I, I live next door. It's as simple as that. 
But sometimes we need the intention, we need the courage, and we need the desire to move people one step closer to Jesus. In a moment, when we go into the song, you're gonna receive a pack. And this is a gift. And this is a, this is a way of us saying, hey, this is how we can do it leading up to Christmas. This is how we can take people one step closer to Jesus this Christmas. You're gonna receive one of these and it's got posters in it. It's got flyers in it and it's got um, business cards in it. Don't just take this home and put it on your notice board or your fridge or leave it on your table. Take it home and be inventive in your hospitality. Maybe you live in an apartment block and you could put a poster up or, I mean, we live in Cambridge, right? And for some reason in Cambridge, we like to put posters on railings. Maybe you could laminate some of them and put them on post, the railings that we have all across the city. Um, maybe you could put them on community boards in your local village or maybe you could go to local schools and have a look at who could take them. You know, when I was a teenager, I decided I wanted to invite every single kid from my school. So I came to, to the guys here at C3 and said, hey, I need a thousand flyers, please. I'm going to go and invite all the kids from my school. And I went to the teacher and I said, you know how you put those letters in the registration box to hand out to the teenagers? Please could you put these in there and hand them out? And do you know what they did? They did it. So every kid that year for Christmas got invited to the Christmas concerts. What if we were bold enough to go to our teachers and say, hey, can we invite every kid in this school to come to our Christmas concert? What if we were bold enough to go and put one on every single person's desk in our workplace? Or if we could fly our, our um, village or fly our road or go around the area. You can do this with your four friends or your five friends or however many friends with your C3 group. Be inventive in hospitality. And I have preempted the fact that you're all going to want to do this. Right? Thank you. There's thousands of flyers at reception. And there's Barry St. Edmunds flyers at reception. And you've got your packs. And come back to us if we run out. Because we want you to be inventive in hospitality. We want you to be empowered to have the courage and the insight and the ability to take one step closer to Jesus because ultimately it's who it's all about I could stand here and tell you how amazing C3 Impact is and all the different things we do and how you can get involved and we need more people involved we need people to sit on mock interviews and, and help people we need people to come to coffee mornings and start discipleship groups for the vulnerable and disability services of course we need people but C3 Cambridge Barry St Edmunds our friends, our family, all of those people are not going to get closer to Jesus because of just what we do here. They're going to get closer to Jesus because of who you and I are. And that's what I want to encourage you today. You have it all. You are the person that they need. You just need to walk alongside them, invite them for a coffee and take them one step closer to Jesus. So we're going to go into a song of worship and you will receive one of those packs. Once you've received it, don't forget it. Don't trample it. Take it home. Treasure it and use it. Thank you. <laughs>